from Star Studios in Denison, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a weekly podcast hosted by sign painter Sean Starr that consists of interviews with other sign painters and some of the customers and characters Sean comes across while running his studio. Here we are with another episode of Coffee with a Sign Painter. Thanks for tuning in. Um, We, uh, well, at this point in the saga, we will probably have been gotten back home from uh, Limerick, Ireland, but uh, I'm pre-recording some of these episodes so that you've got something to listen to while my wife and I recover from what will undoubtedly be massive jet lag. Um... What I'm going to go ahead and do today uh, is really kind of interesting. Um, day Within days of purchasing the equipment to record the uh, podcast, I had, um, had a gentleman named John Grenier come in uh, to the studio. He just popped in out of the blue. And it uh, turns out he's long-term sign painter connected to the original letterheads, um, uh, really interesting guy. We had a really good conversation, and I was not even recording podcasts uh, quite yet at that point. But I said, "Hey, I just plugged in this microphone stuff. Why don't we go ahead and and do an interview while you're here?" So technically, this is my very first interview for the show, um, and uh, I think it went okay. I obviously need to, needed to do some work on some things, but uh, still an interesting conversation. And so let's go ahead and listen to John Grenier and um, get to meet him. Joe, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself, tell me where you're from and all that, and then we'll just continue talking like we were. All right. Yeah, my name is John Grenier, and uh, and yes, I am a card-carrying sign writer. Um, I'm from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Last 20 years, though, I've been in uh, Hessel, Michigan. And of course, everyone knows where that's at. Hessel is the uh, center of the universe, I think. Anyway, Hessel is in the eastern upper peninsula of Michigan. Galatino Islands. Nobody's there right now. That's why I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. I've been painting signs since, uh, for money, since Ralph Rodriguez's dad gave me five bucks to paint Rodriguez's mobile on the front of their, on the glass of their gas station when I was in junior high school. Nice. When, what year was that? Uh, 1967. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I was born in 68. Ah. Well, I have seniority on you. Then. Yes, you do. You win. <laughs> the guy in the neighborhood that was the sign writer there, his name was Gork. Gork, okay. Yeah, like Gorky Park, you know? Yeah. And, um, Gork was a drunk, as uh, it seems that that's sometimes the reputation of, of old sign writers. Yeah. So uh, Gork would always have about a 10-year-old Cadillac, and he'd bust the back window out of the Cadillac, so he'd put, so put his ladders in there. Oh, my God. And uh, the trunk didn't close, but it did cover all his paint and stuff to keep it from getting wet. Okay. And he'd live in that Cadillac till it got cold and left me out to rent a room again. So this was the guy that my dad knew who was a sign writer. Okay. And when I told my dad I was going to, I'm just going to pursue this sign painting stuff, he was furious. Uh-huh. You can't do that. You're not a bum. <laughs> you know? 
But anyway, I uh, my E is still Gork's E. Huh? Yeah, my E, the letter E. Oh, okay, okay. It's Gork's E. You, you swiped his E. I, I took his E, yeah, okay. it, lives, it lives on. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Egyptian spur, a little E. Okay. <laughs> and uh, his shadow's on the left side. Okay. Yeah, not the right side. Okay, yeah. There's always a constant debate over the shadow. Yeah, if you're right-handed, it's, it was faster for me to do it on the left side. Yeah. I didn't have to think about it. If it's on the right side, I, I'll have to fix one of them at some point. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I'm not uh, dogmatic enough to say it should be one or the other. Oh, I don't say it's, it should be one or the other. I, I like it on the right side when I put names on boats. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it feels better. Okay, you were, you were telling me earlier, um, I guess you you used to work alongside uh, Rick Lawson. Well, I won't claim that I worked alongside him, but I will claim hanging out there a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rick liked to, uh, he was a... a Extremely generous. He didn't keep any technique a secret. That's what everybody says. Yeah, and, and he told me, he said, like, you know, give everybody on the block a piano and somebody's going to play it best. Right. <laughs> and that's how he viewed understanding techniques and materials. And I don't know what his background was. It seemed that he really had a, a lot of, uh, he understood chemistry. Really okay. Well. Yeah, I, I yeah. heard that, um, I, or I read somewhere. Um, that like he refigured out a lot of the old formulas and mixtures and stuff. Right. So yeah. Maybe, maybe his angel guild technique. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he had that background. I don't know. I don't know that much about him before he started. He really did teach me how to uh, do blue chip glass. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was hard to be around there too because he only did his work in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah. In the daytime, it was you know taking care of business and, okay. shop and stuff. So. That was sort of weird, but uh, anyway, I I, uh, I did contract him when I was able to buy some stuff when I worked for a senior props company, kind of give him a little payback, for, right? You know, contracted a nice little paycheck job out of it that I was able to buy from him. That was at the uh, Mall of America. They had a Camp Snoopy in the center, with an amusement ride thing, you know. Okay. It's since changed. I don't know what it is now. They always change that stuff fast. Hang on just a second. Good. Cool. So is this, did you letter this? You did that? Yeah. yeah. It's just old stuff I come across like cheap at garage sales. Uh -huh. I'll clean it up and paint something on it to make it look like it would be an old sign. Yeah, I like painted furniture and fixtures and things like that. You always keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Like that, stuff. that case where I keep all my old antique stuff, mm -hmm. I had that for 75 bucks at a garage sale up in Big Bear. There you go. Now yeah. it's worth a hundred and a quarter. Uh, I think that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I, I think like I could it. break an even hundred on eBay, maybe. Yeah. No, I'll tell you what. That's uh, people really like that stuff. We've done some painted furniture out of the, the gallery at home. Um, What's your gallery? It's uh, Lishino Islands Art Gallery. Lishino Islands. Yeah. L e s c h e n e a u x. Holy cow, that's probably hard to yeah, that's, you know, explain just gonna, over the phone. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually say to someone, oh, let me have your email address and I'll send, right. you, my, I'll send you my contact info, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and my wife, Diana, is, uh, uh, she's a, a fine artist, uh -huh. portrait artist, landscapes, and, and, and since we're up there, 
antique wooden boat portraits because that's the big deal. Okay. In the Leishanel Islands is in Hessel, Michigan, is where the very first Chris Craft dealer was at. Oh, okay, cool. And um, the reason that it is what it is is because it's hot in the South and, and certainly in the Great Lakes cities, Chicago, um, Detroit, Cleveland, everything that's on the Great Lakes, people got on these uh, passenger ships uh -huh. and they would travel north up the Great Lakes to uh, several different locations, Mackinac Island, the Lishinaw Islands where we're at, Drummond Island, because there was no air conditioning. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, so the world's longest porch at the Grand Hotel, it's one of those things that will be featured on America's Great Hotels, you know. Okay. Uh, the governor has a mansion on the island, things like that. Gotcha. So uh, there's 32 islands in the Lachenal Islands uh, that are able to be inhabited. Uh -huh. They're big enough, you know, to put, put a house on. Um, and uh, so people have been coming there since probably about the 1890s, maybe just before that. It's called the Lachino Club. People okay. built cottages. And That's around stuff. when this building was built. Right, right. The in, beginning of big industrial age. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, this area right here, at the time that this was built, like this was the center of um, cotton production or collecting or whatever you call it. It's a beautiful building, and you know, yeah, there's, there's no question about it. It's a it's a train station when I walked into it. Yeah, it's really cool. It, the space that the studio is in, that this glass partition was originally not there, and this was all the formal dining room. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a all postcard right. floating around somewhere of what it looked like in 1911, which basically looked about the same, except for the partition. All right, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, and and, it, and that's the era that, uh, uh, like, the, the Lachino Club was really taken off. Um, you know, there's the Prairie School of Architecture uh -huh. has, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright influenced architects and stuff that built many of the cottages that are on the islands there. Well, they, so as a result of having all these islands, you got to have boats. So this fellow, E.J. Murtaugh, he started the very first Chris Craft dealership. Okay. Chris Craft had stores. Before that, they had their own stores, you know, like in New York and, uh, you know, all the major cities uh, in uh United States and in Europe. Well, uh, apparently they followed Ford's business model and franchise dealerships. And E.J. Murtaugh was, they, they have a document. It says franchise number one. Hmm. It doesn't say zero, zero, one. <laughs> it's, it just says one on it. And uh, so many, many of the boats are that were originally sold brand new and especially in this primary about the middle of the, about 1925 or so, up through, well, up through when Chris Craft stopped making wooden boats, and that was, I believe, 60, gosh, it might be as late as 69. Um, a friend of mine has a, a Grand, a Chris Craft Grand Prix, like a 22-foot long boat, that they didn't even make a sales pamphlet for it. They only made, like, I don't know, 50 of them or something. That was the last, it's one of the last wooden boats that Chris Graff made. Okay. Everything's fiberglass. And uh, so I put names on boats. Okay. And uh, sometimes um, I have to do it exactly like it's been. 
it's just the way it has to be. It's like a restoration or right, thing. Right, right. Uh, and there's several boat yards in the in the neighborhood there. And um, so just before the last couple coats of varnish, I come in and I put the name on it. Okay. Are you doing, uh, do you do a lot of gold leaf on them? Almost, it just, it, it, rarely is it not gold. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's not gold. Um, so you do, you, you'll go like letter the, the transom or whatever. Yeah. And then um, when you're done and the paint's dry, they'll come and put the last coats of varnish to see. Yeah, it they usually it. put two coats okay. over it. That way they've got some, uh, uh, some barrier, some protection because they, they re-varnish the boats every, depending on how much sun exposure they get, every, certainly every five years. Okay. So that gives enough varnish over top of lettering that it can be lightly scuffed and sanded and more varnish put on. Okay. Oh, there's boats that, um, I was telling you earlier, the, the guy that I really learned a lot from, um, Carl Malmquist, um, there's a there's a lot of boats that he lettered in uh, in the nineteen early nineteen fifties that they're still there. Awesome. I mean, you know the I, sometimes they'll have me come and maybe touch up or you know maybe one of the outlines got sanded through or something. But I mean they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. Still it's, you know, gold is gold. It doesn't yeah. wear out. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome though. And one thing we were talking about when you first got here. Um, before I ask for a job, or yeah, no, before I turn you down, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, just the the common uh, thing among all sign painters, um, with kind of like being afraid of the of the genie being let out of the bottle, so to speak. Oh, that they find out that we're really not. Yeah, we, good. They, they make all this stuff up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they don't see that little corner that yeah. we just messed up. <laughs> I was traveling on my motorcycle and I was in, it was either Arizona or New Mexico, I've forgotten. Anyway, there's one of these tourist places that they sell Indian jewelry and stuff, blankets and that. And uh, I, I wanted I wanted a, a Navajo blanket. Uh. And so I go in there and uh, I'm looking around and this place is empty. And uh, it's early in the day, and the the guy behind the counter, he, you know, he's, a, he's an Indian, you know, and 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 I look up at this photo, and I and, and it's it's uh, Bill Clinton shaking this clearly this guy's hand, uh -huh. right? Well, I got to ask, you know, <laughs> well, uh, he was one of those wind talker guys. Oh, okay. And he was definitely a talker. Well, I'm asking him, well, how do I know? You know, if I see a, a Navajo blanket in a garage sale or something, how do I know if it's real? And he says, well, you look in one of the corners and you'll find uh, a flaw, and that flaw is intentional. Okay. And that flaw is where the evil spirits are allowed to escape. So if one of my customers finds a flaw, I just, I just assure them that it is evil spirit free. That. <laughs> That's quite a marketing trick. So anyway, uh, usually I uh, don't laugh and they leave it there. Uh -huh. the, unless it's a spelling error, it's uh, usually okay. Yeah. And it's always something that you forget maybe to complete a little part of an outline on the end of the right, letter right. or something. You know? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think it's, um, 
I, I think it's something that because we see all of those details every day, all day long, that yeah. we're seeing things that the, the average person doesn't mm -hmm. see. And all those other sign painters are way better than I am. That's yeah. how I always feel. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. It's yeah, true. no matter how many little awards and things you win and recognition. Like now that guy knows what he's yeah, doing. That guy knows. Yeah, yeah, he was. A, but then there's the occasional guy like David Smith where you look at it and you're just like, okay, that guy's in a different stratosphere. Right. right. I don't understand what he's doing. It's amazing, but I don't. I can't even wrap my brain around yeah. it. You know. David Smith is that the guy in England? Yeah, the gold guy. Right, right, in England. right. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the the, the pilgrimages that I like to make. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go hang out there. Yeah, like to look over that shoulder. Yeah, for a sweep few days. his floor until he finally lets you do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the way that's the way I felt when I first uh, met Rick Lawson. And uh, David Smith, I believe, um, took multiple classes with Rick back yeah, in, in the early 90s or something, I think. And that, that's when I knew Rick was, uh, it would have been uh, 90, wait, it, 1988, we went to Los Angeles. My wife went to Loyola Marymount to get a master's degree. And that was part of the reason we went to Los Angeles. And, um, And Rick only had, I don't think he owned the building. Yeah, maybe he did own it. He was renting half of the building. And then within a few years, he kicked out the renter guy. Okay. Um, because he needed more space and built more stuff. And he was always building stuff. And then I found out he was, a, he was a cabinet maker, and that explained all the really clever joinery and things uh, for the okay. little easels that he would build for his stuff. Nice. And, and he's got a, he had a design for a drying box for the blue chip glass. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a couple feet deep and five or six feet wide. Most guys have like a hair dryer or something to heat it up, right? Well, he, he, he drew his up with some heat lamps, you know, like bathroom heat lamps. Okay. Uh, four of those on the inside and a, a thermostat and a little fan. And, oh, wow. So I copied it and um, I built one in my shop and I use that thing all the time for everything. I mean, I to dry panels and things. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, you know, fifteen minutes later, it's ready for the next thing. So, yeah, so what, what is your shop like up there? Like, what's the setting? Um, the when we bought the place, we bought it on uh, it's 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 on a uh, Michigan Highway one thirty four, which is an east and west highway. It runs from the Mackinac Bridge to Drummond Island, east, and. Um, uh, it's it's on the north shore of Lake Huron, okay. is, is where this is located, and so it's uh, it's basically just a small, rundown house, uh, but it had a really big garage okay. right on the main road, okay. and the garage is uh, was uh, ten foot ceilings in it, and uh, like like thirty by nearly forty mm -hmm. is the size of it. And so that's why I bought it, because this will make a great little sign shop. And it's on the main road, and you get the exposure from it. Okay. Well, things have evolved, and now I'm reduced down to, if I really try hard, I could paint a, let's say, uh, maybe an 8 by 12 sign inside of it. That's how much space I got left. Everything else is now retail space. We've got our art gallery and uh, a gift shop. We sell etched glass stuff. Okay. Which... It's lately it was intended that I 
do the glue chip things, but I found that if I just stopped at the etching, they look really nice. And okay. Send it out the door, you know. <laughs> and uh, so there's a glass room and a paint room and then uh, uh, a retail space that's all filled with artwork. And it's exclusively, uh, with the exception of a couple pieces of my own, my, my wife's artwork, Diana Grenier. So basically she took over your workshop and turned it into a gallery for her work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what it, the way it works actually is that so much of our stuff, oh, I know, well, okay, back to first Chris Craft dealership. Okay. All yeah. right. As a result of that, there's all these old boats there. So every year, second Saturday of August, is the Leishnoe Islands Antique Wooden Boat Show and Festival of Arts. Well, they need a poster. So we make the poster. Okay. Uh, we've been doing that since uh, 2001. And um, I did the first poster. I, the first poster that we did, I, I produced it. There had been 20 posters before that. This guy named uh, Vis, V-I-S, did those. And uh, apparently he reached a point where he said everything he, could, he needed to say in posters and quit. And so we've been doing them ever since. I did the first one in a style similar to his, which is basically a, a pen and ink drawing. Okay. And um, then the decision was made to go full color. And well, that's when that's where my wife takes over because she's excellent at that. And uh, so we've done 20 of or not 20 of them, 14, I think. And anyway, we have enough for a calendar. <laughs> okay, awesome. So people come in the shop looking for that poster and their boats lettered. Basically, that's it. Okay, so are you doing pretty much mostly just boats now? Um, boats and, 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 and painted signs, yeah. And some carved stuff. We have a lot of that cottage signs. Okay, you know, yeah. people, people will sometimes want something very, very elaborate. In fact, it's sometimes flattering because they'll say, can you make me another sign? Uh, that I can put out by the road. The intent was to put the original one that they hired me to do out at the road. Okay. Well, it's too pretty. Now they want to put it in the house. Okay. And they want another little painted sign. Well, then it's kind of like a decorative art thing as well. It's being functional. That's right. That's yeah. cool. So they're they're you know carved and usually have an illustration and gilded letters. So do you regularly come down this way during the winters, or is this just this year you're doing that, or we? Um, We've made a few trips down here. My, my dad, who's since passed away, he lived in Far, Texas, which is by McAllen. That would be the airport you can fly into. So he was there for the last 12 years of his life, and so we made several trips down here. And then we have connection to Austin, Texas. My wife was a school teacher just and, outside of Austin. You mentioned you knew uh, Gary Martin years ago. Yeah, I was you know looking for work and went and introduced myself. We never did work together. No. Um, but uh, I always admired his, admired his stuff. You know, it was the... I love the way his stuff always looks like it's still wet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much of what we do is, you know, it's, you know, old and weathered and distressed looking because that's what people want from us. But, you know, I just love the way his stuff looks like the paint's still, still wet. I had a, a little bit of a tough time when I, I first went to Los Angeles working for a scenery and props company there. And uh, 
often you had to have distressed work and that was new territory for me at the time it was like you were trying to make them pretty and new and pristine and perfect uh-huh. when that's not what that's not what they wanted for that particular they wanted it to look like it had been up for 50 years right right and you you did a, a quite a bit of like set stuff out that way in we LA, did right? yeah yeah the name of the company was lexington scenery and props and um i'm still in contact with a lot of the a lot of the people that i worked with then um, is that is that when you knew um the lady from cobalt studios yeah donna wymore and uh, donna was a uh, manager of uh, all of the scenic artists and there were a lot of them oh my goodness um I'll bet you anywhere from 50 to 75, maybe even 100 scenic artists. And there was, you know, kind of a comparable number of, of carpenters. Uh, Were you guys all working in one place or everyone was just kind of doing their own thing? Yeah, when I came, uh, when I came to work for the company, they were in a kind of an old building um, in North Hollywood. And uh, uh, yeah, everybody was tripping over everybody else. You always had to fight for space and that. Um, unfortunately, most of the, the actual signs and lettering that we did, uh, it was either on a, it, it was on something existing. You know, they, they had built some flats or made some phony storefronts or inside of glass or something. So we didn't really need to have our own space to letter. We were lettering on their stuff. Uh, okay, you'd show up. Yeah. Uh, we so what's some of the patterns. stuff you worked on during that period? Like? Uh, lots of stuff for Disney. Um any any movies or shows? Yeah, you know, uh, there were a lot out? of really crappy movies that never got. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there were some neat ones too. Uh, one was one that we had a large sign package for was uh, um, it was about the the Watts riots and uh, they took and transformed all these storefronts and stuff in a nearby street. Uh-huh. Um, a central change and, and then burned them all down. <laughs> well, you know, theatrically they did, yeah, and. Uh, uh, th- that was a pretty good one. There was a lot of signs in that. And um, who, who's the guy, the, the actor that uh, is Darth Vader? Uh, the really deep voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy. Yeah, he was a genius in that in that movie. Okay. So, and, he, and then there was a, there was some TV shows we worked on. Uh, oh, did uh, in Living Color three seasons of that. So okay. just about every time you see like. Uh, like you watch something on TV and it'll be about, say, Jim Carrey or the, the, you know, the, the Wyans, um, and they'll show little clips from In Living Color, and almost always there's a sign in the background. Okay. So okay. I used to be able to... You point call to that. Up, yeah, I used to be able to call up uh, the old guy back in, in, in Michigan who kind of taught me the stuff. Carl, watch, uh, watch this TV show. You'll see one of my signs. And, and yeah, I did steal your lettering. Nice. You know? <laughs> yeah, so that's always fun to call mom. You know, and say that watch a TV show, you'll see a sign. Right. <laughs> this is my wife Kaylee walking in here. Oh, hi Kaylee. Hi. Nice to meet you. I'm John Grenier, and uh, that's pronounced Grenier, but when I do fine arts, it's Grenier. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> He's a sign painter from up in Michigan who's spending the winter okay. down here, and cool. um, he he knows a bunch of people that we've crossed paths with. Very cool. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people. The, uh, though, not too many people stumble into the shop in, uh, 
now in Hessel, Michigan. He's in a really small town up there. Yeah. There's a blinker light. Oh, yeah, that small. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other person who uh, I just saw was Teresa Drangenberg, and she's a traditional sign writer. Where where is she? In Austin. Okay. She's doing a bunch of work right now on on railroad cars. Oh, so okay. So you were you were talking about who you said somebody else's sign painter. Oh, uh, Teresa Dringenberg in Austin, Texas. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, her okay. and I we worked together in California. That's where we met one another. And um, she introduced me to the people at that scenery props company. And one you know one job always leads to another. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, we worked on a lot of interesting things there. And as time went by, I I got to design a lot of stuff. Um, one of the first really neat ones was uh, the Wild West show at Universal Studios. Oh, cool! So that's great stuff. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's on you know it's weather, it's on rough texture yeah, surfaces, yeah, right on my alley. Window, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm seeing here, and uh, so and we, and we try try to have authenticity. You know, there's no Helvetica, right? You know. Um, so then some, some while went by, I, gosh, three, three years or something, and uh, the, the company evolved from doing uh, sets for TV shows to, like Universal Studios, themed attractions, huh. which then leads to themed casinos, and they were doing business all over the world. Huh. And... Uh, so one of the jobs that I got to design the graphics package for was uh, uh, at State Line Nevada, which is called now called Prim Nevada. Uh, there was two casinos owned by this fella, uh, Gary Prim, and uh, he was opening a third one, Buffalo Bills Wild West Casino. Hmm. So there we are with I've 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 had stuff. their buffet lunch. Have you? Yes. Have we you? whenever we would go see Kaylee's family in Salt Lake, we'd drive through Prim. Okay, and uh, we've eaten lunch there. So there's some there's some blue chip glass in there that's a cashier on it that uh, uh, Rick Lawson made, uh, and what they had was a retail spot that was sort of like a uh, Old West uh, Main Street. Okay, um, and so a bunch of the shops and things like that are you know they're made up. You know it says mercantile right. and this and that and whatever they sell in the real shops are that that evolves. You know. But yeah, Rick Lawson, he he did a. They had a, a phony beer company. We had him make a bunch of cool uh, chip mirrors, you know, cool. um, for that and uh, things like uh, you know, I got to put my mother-in-law's name on one. See, you always got to come up with all right. these names, you yeah, know. Yeah. So that was fun to do all that stuff. Very cool. I didn't go out there with a a crew of people and execute it all. Yeah, and, that would be awesome. And uh, so, yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, balancing on the top of uh, lifts, you know, pettibones and mm -hmm. and scissor lifts in that casino, and then some other places too. Uh, I, I didn't, I personally wasn't involved so much, but that company did, you know, like the ceiling in in Caesar's Palace that, that this had this painted cloud ceiling that it goes from dawn till nighttime. Okay, yeah. yeah. They didn't do the lighting, they did the paint book. Right. 
and who I mentioned earlier, Donna Wymore, she was one of the principals involved in all those sorts of phenomenal painted effects. It sounds like you've, you've been able to work with a lot of really diverse, different types of people. It's awesome. Yeah, and you know, the, the uh, like the, to do, to, to make a sign, now you could you would be able to identify this. So you got an art director. He comes in, and he they give you this quick little sketch, and they want to sign. And so you do it, bang bang. Well, you've done it too good because mm -hmm. you're a sign writer. So then I would learn to ask questions. Well, did they get the best sign guy in town, or the guy who just started out and he's sort of a drunk? Right. <laughs> and he, and he, he's he's also the undertaker in his spare time. Right. <laughs> so you know you would do things then like uh, was he literate? Did we you know, should it be too cute? Should it be a backwards S? Things like that. Right, right. And uh, how old is the sign? Yeah. You know, to age it down. Um, so that was, that, was, that was very, that was quite an education. And I learned that I actually would use, I'm right-handed, so I'd actually use my left hand sometimes to paint okay. the sign. To get it more amateur look. Yeah. It was it was really hard to do. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. You're, you, you've worked all your professional life trying to perfect a hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I worked as a consultant on a film project, and um, we went through that whole same line of questions because they wanted me to design a really elaborate gold leaf piece in the window of a saloon because it's mm -hmm. for a western and i kept asking questions and you know the 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 setting of where they were going to be shooting and you know it was basically just kind of a thrown together makeshift town in the 1800s mm -hmm. i'm like you know you're not going to have the elaborate gold leaf that you'd have in kansas city or san francisco back then in right. some podunk town you're going to have something really, probably really amateur and crude looking in the window that says saloon, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think a lot of that stuff gets overlooked. I see a lot of stuff in movies now that I'm just like, nobody put any thought into this, you know. They're just right. slapping up, you know. It's, it's like layers because it's like, oh, well, this is what I saw in movies in the 50s in a Western. So now I'm going to do that. But right. it's like no one ever thought that out. Because, exactly. you know, that's not even what would have been in the original window. In the, the movie Good, Bad, and the Ugly, yeah, um, the next time you watch it, if you didn't notice already, uh, at the end of the, the town street, there's a sign that says signs, and that sign has to be eight feet tall. I mean, it's <laughs> huge. And I, I often wonder, did, did they suddenly need to... Is there something on a hillside back there that they, uh, they had to cover up, you know? Right, right. Uh, That's probably the and, case. And I, think they made, I think it was made in Italy. So uh, who knows what? Maybe there was some Italian villa back there. Uh -huh, right. <laughs> something very modern. Yeah, they had to cover it up. And that's the, the word they came up with was signs. <laughs> I did, I'll have to go back and watch that again. You know, the uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? A lot that is of the great graphics. A lot of their artwork in that movie is just awesome. Yeah, like they totally dialed that. It's like from the letter, uh, the the font, letterhead fonts. Uh huh. Lots of stuff from there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, a lot of that stuff. You know, they're they're taking stuff from 
the period and then like creating a whole font set out of just like a couple of words on an old right. photo of a building yeah. you know, and that's that stuff looks authentic I know Rick Lawson he, he had quite a collection of uh, antique uh, signs actually uh, sales boxes were really neat that he had too they're, they're a box filled with a whole bunch of pieces oh, of glass and stuff, yeah, yeah. Of, of all these gilded letters you know nice. various 12 different values of gradated shading you know did, did you ever meet uh, Roderick Treese I haven't no do you know who he is He's another glass guy in Southern California. He's down near he's down near John Arnott, uh, San Diego area. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's got the same thing. He's got these beautiful cases with all these pullouts and that, that are his. Yeah, that are his. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you'd have to make, uh, I guess, to like for instance, if you went to in Chicago or like the Detroit School of Lettering, one of those places in the nineteen twenties, you have to have your to to be certified as a master. You make your master's piece. Oh really? Yeah, that's and so those are really uh, sought after and collectible. That, yeah, because um, that was like that's when they entered the real world, right? Right, and so that's yours that you get graded on uh, by uh, you know whoever did that the grading. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. cool. I don't even think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah, Rick Lawson he had a couple. Did he? Yeah, uh, and it was they were pretty elaborate. Now you've got the uh, American Sign Museum shirt you're wearing today. Yep. I have not been yet. That's up, what, Cincinnati area? It's in Cincinnati, okay. yeah. Um, the Swarmstead family, uh, Signs of the Times, mm -hmm. they began it. Okay. And uh, there's, however it's funded, it, it you know, through endowments or something, I don't know. I'm working on an article for Signs of the Times right now. Are you? Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's when, that, that was my goal, was to have something published in the signs of the times. Yeah? Did you succeed? With, oh, yeah. Yeah, a few times. Nice. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, that's that's kind of how I met uh, uh, John Arnault. Okay. Was, there was an article in there. I had decorated an antique safe. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, he does a lot of safes. And uh, we had that in common. Okay. And I was in still in Austin when I did the safe and when I went to California, you remember my name from, it was okay. like a year earlier or something that was in Signs of the Times. Yeah, John, the, John's one of one of my favorite people I've met in this business. Uh, working with him, uh, there was a lot of similarities to working with my dad. You know, uh, just the dynamics of it, you know, and he's very no-nonsense. You know, I yeah, liked it. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, I think he did a... I think I he, he came and did a couple things at Lexington for us. I think so. I had a lot, there was a lot of a lot of sign guys came through there. You know, you'd hire them for till the job was done and they right. were gone. I had a couple core guys that were there all the time. Okay. Um, yeah, he um, when we got hired to do we we did a bunch of stuff for the Gap, the clothing store, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, I brought him in on, on all that because we were just given crazy deadlines. And we'd, we'd work until 11 o'clock at night, collapse, get up next morning, do it all day again. <laughs> Did you know Danny Bustle? Mm, name sounds he familiar. He's Southern California, Los Angeles area. I know. And uh, he, he, he described himself self as, he's the guy that come in and do the little letters. 
Oh. You need something quarter inch tall, he's your man. Holy crap. Yeah, I, he was I, crazy, I could crazy, use a guy you know? like that. I hate small letters. Oh, yeah, me too, you know? Yeah, I'm terrible at them too. You yeah. look at them close and they look like a two-year-old did them. So he used to do a lot of the really little tiny hero pieces that, okay, that cool. you know, you need to have this real precise stuff on. Awesome. Of course, then I'd monkey with him and say, I think you look better if you had a little outline, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> they don't make a brush that small. <laughs> Speaking of small brushes, how about... Um, Guthrie, no. There was a guy in Austin, and that's what he did. He did little tiny stuff. He was a long-haired hippie guy. In Austin, when? In Austin, in the early 80s, when um, I met him. We, My dad and I did a lot of... He did know, headlights on... He, he did the, the first painted headlights on, uh, like, dragsters, oh, okay. so it looked like glass. Uh, that, that was, was his that deal. Was, what we, we were doing a lot of custom paint and pinstriping and lettering and things, but that was more late 80s when we were doing a lot of work in Austin. Maybe? Yeah, I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. Oh. Anyway, he, he would show off and use a, you know, a, a really large quill uh -huh. and use a tiny corner of it. Dude, awesome. Yeah, dude, right like, you know, people put their signature on uh, after all. Pinstripe job, yeah. You know it's how small you have to try yeah. to do it. Yeah, I never developed that. I didn't either. Mine are terrible. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I put my name on the back of a boat at people's insistence. Yeah, I've had them. I got to come back. Oh, you forgot your name. I got to have your name on it. That's flattering. Yeah. Really no, no, it's very cool. Yeah. I, I I've been asked to put my contact info in windows that we do, but. It's like I'm always running around and all manic on a day that I've got to do a gold leaf job, or so I never remember to do it. Yeah, yeah. Rick had uh, some decals that he put on uh, windows. Okay. Two of them. One was instructions for the window washer. Yeah. <laughs> and the other was uh, his little Daddy Feingold thing. Okay. The uh, the man that I. Talked, I, I talked about the, the Carl Malmquist. He he grew up in, the, in Calumet, Michigan, which is way in the coal copper country of, of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. He went from there as a young man down to Chicago, and he started sign painting, action painting show cards okay, for yeah. shows between the acts in vaudeville. Show oh, card. Wow. You hold the card up. That's okay, what he did. Then, so then you got history there. Wow. Yeah, you know, you got somebody in their dog act, right? And he'd have to hurry up and letter all these things. And he said that's where he learned how to how to be direct and do fast. And I'll bet. And he learned his colors. Okay. Said, yeah. Color combinations. And then he worked for a um, uh, a company that sold Studebaker carriages before they were a car company. And he that's he, he worked under a guy there and did pinstriping on the carriages. Okay. And that's where he learned his corners. Uh, that would and, teach you. You yeah, probably did it all day long. Huh? All day, every day. And uh, have you seen that video on YouTube of the guy in India doing the Royal Enfield tanks, pinstriping them? I haven't, no. Look that up, that'll blow your mind. The, the dude just grabs the tank right off the assembly line uh -huh. and he's just whipping out these 
perfect pinstripes around the tanks, one after another. There's no like a like an ox collar thing you put over. No, it, it, it it's total old school. It's amazing. You got to look for it. I'll do that. Yeah, it's really cool. I went to uh, a letterheads thing in um, uh, in northern Wisconsin, Tomahawk, Wisconsin. And I met, what's the guy's name? Uh, Mike Myers, maybe? Mike Meyer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, that's sort of his neighborhood around yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. He's in, um, oh, what is it? It's in uh, Minnesota. Somewhere. Is that where he's at? Yeah. Anyway, he wasn't too far from there, so he was at, at it. And, uh, we sat next to each other and visited for a while while we were lettering this, some magician's van. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's uh, he's one of the larger than life characters in this business. And, well, it, well, in Tomahawk, uh, they make uh, Harley Davidson. There's you know there's a couple of their plants are there, and I went and, and, and visited one and, and watched uh, watched some pinstripes and some tanks, uh, and uh, they were they were doing it by hand. Yeah, and they were just working out this uh, mechanical arm, mechanical robotic. Pinstripe. When, when was this? What like what um, year do you think? I'm 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 pretty sure it was it was between 2000 and 2004 or five. Oh, okay. In in that time frame, um, and there was a woman and she was doing the tanks, and that's what she had. What looked like an oxyoke or a, or a mule collar made out of you know how they, they're an oval and they're made yeah. out of leather yeah well it would fit it would fit on the tank and then she would she had a, a I think it was a bugle pinstriping wheel uh-huh. and the tank would kind of spin she uh-huh. didn't walk around it so much but the tank would move and like she that. just kind of one after another out. yeah ah. and uh, then there was a fella he was running a machine that uh, uh, they he didn't have it worked out. He couldn't do the tank yet, but he could do uh, fiberglass saddlebags. Uh, so that was that was sort of around a corner and in a straight line and around a around a corner. Okay. Nothing, you know. There was no no oval shapes. Okay, it was just all straight lines. And so when it would get to that corner, it would thicken up a little bit, and they were working on tuning up that. Okay, wow. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at it, and thinking. Yeah, if I'm running a dagger around that, yeah, there's going to be a thick spot right there. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I watch, uh, or I look at, I follow, what's the guy's name, Anderson? On, uh, he's a pinstripe. Oh, Gary Anderson? Yeah. yeah. Gary Anderson? Wait, no. Pretty sure it's Anderson, though. And he's on Facebook. And, Gary Anderson or Alan Johnson? I want to say it's Anderson. Huh. Yeah, he does a bunch of pinstripe. And the latest thing he did was uh, uh, some uh, a, a trike, Harley Davidson trike. Yeah, yeah, I look at that stuff. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I I never really had a chance to do all that much of it. Yeah, last year I got the call to um, do some gold leaf and pinstriping on a. Um, Jesse James Chopper. Okay. That was uh, that was kind of nice because it was kind of getting back to the type of work that I used to do with my dad. But uh, it's a little nerve-wracking 
but fortunately they didn't tell me until after I was finished that they paid $150,000 for the bike. Yikes. Yeah. That puts well, you know, it, it really shouldn't matter. No, it, it shouldn't, but it does. <laughs> yeah, I think Cliff Anderson? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's traditional. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Old school pinstriping. Yeah. I like that a lot. The, uh, the guy I was talking about that, that the old guy, Malmquist, he had a lot of influence on me, he really did. Um, he told me to get out of town, he, you gotta go, because go, I was in this little town in the Upper Peninsula. Uh -huh. He said, you gotta go where you're working all day, every day. You can't be here. Yeah. You know, I'd accomplish two things. Yeah, that got me out of there. Right. So he didn't have any competition. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't stupid. No, but uh, um, it, it also, you know, that was the beginning of my real education making science. Yeah, I, I've said it over and over. Um, you know, you can learn more working with somebody one day who knows, you know, another sign painter who knows a lot more than you do in some area. You can learn more in one day than you can a year experimenting on your own. Or, or classes. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. that. Well, the, the, when, when I was in school studying, Commercial art at Cass Technical High School in Detroit, Michigan. Um, the lettering that we did was not, it was very, very little brush lettering. Um, mostly what the time was spent doing was with a ruling pen and straight edges making perfect Roman. Like mechanical lettering. Yes, almost. absolutely. You know, and, and you see illustrations where they show the, right. the, the little radius for the. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the serifs and, and that's what they were teaching you guys. Yeah, the mechan the the mathematical way to form those letters. Because the job you would get after that was you'd go to work for some ad agency and they need a headline. Well, they didn't typeset it. Uh, they would have you ink it. Right. <laughs> or if you went to work for even like the film industry, the titles and everything they're hand done. You know, and uh, so that that was it was a little difficult learning to use a brush. I say probably a year of real frustration. Mm -hmm. Hardest thing for me, I don't know other people is different. The hardest thing for me to do was to make a corner, to make a sharp, clean corner, real yeah. corner. Yeah, and so. Finally, I get that figured out, and then somebody says, well, you can use tape. Uh -huh. Oh. <laughs> Which was okay. Yeah. Using fine line tape to mm -hmm. make everything even. And it was Carl Monquist who scolded me for not having an O slightly above and below. Oh, okay. The line, the uh -huh. base lines. He would, he would do that. How about you? When you see a something badly spaced, uh -huh. I grit my teeth. It's like I don't know. It's like seeing a smile with a missing tooth. It's just yeah, <laughs> you can't I, look at anything else. You know, and that's that's one of the frustrations um, with kind of the resurged interest in sign painting is the the younger guys coming into it. 
it, it's really a mixed bag. Like some of them are just you have this hunger to know <clears throat> anything about it. You know, any tip to get them, you know, to a professional level. That's cool. That's like where everyone comes from. But then there's I, I've seen more and more of like whether it's an illustration or sign painting where people are just kind of throwing it together and it drives me nuts because they're not they're not using any of the fundamentals of layout or anything else they're just like you know oh well it, it looks hand done so that's good because you know hand done is trendy at the moment yeah that drives it, me nuts it, and just and there's some confusion about being hand done it seems and being lousy yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's come what, on. That's what I'm referring to. It's yeah. like you know, uh, although there's some charm to something looking like someone scribbled it out with a sharpie. Yeah, uh, that's not you know. Don't call it sign painting. You right. Know, that, right. That's yeah. my thing. It's yeah. you know, if you're doing whatever that is, and that's your style of design, more power to you. But don't call yourself sign painter. When uh, I was recently, my wife and I, we, we went out with uh, Teresa Dringenberg in Austin, and we were going out to dinner, and, and there's a sign, and it's got a backwards U. I, I pointed it out, and Teresa said, the A's backwards, too. <laughs> you know? What are you talking about? The, the, the wits? Yeah, think it's Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's just, come on. <laughs> yeah, nah, I know. It's... Uh... It, it's it's frustrating. I mean, it, at the same time, w without the resurged interest, you know, you know, those of us that are turning into old farts, you know, maybe we're the end of it. Yeah, we, you know, we, if there isn't new blood, but at the same time, it's like, come on, man. But there are classes. There are people studying. Like uh, I told you, this, this this young man, I believe his name was Duncan. I think that's his first name. Um, first rate. You know, wham straight. You know, he's 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 lettering a a, a painted uh, cinder, you know, cement block wall, uh -huh. large, big. I don't know how long it was. Probably sixteen foot wide. Um, H E B. It was Austin H E B. Okay, yeah. So it was Austin written in that you know postcard looking stuff with right. the image or the the scene behind yeah, each yeah, yeah. letter. Welcome to Austin, kind of thing. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I watched him, and, and, and he's talking, and still, he was outlining a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was straight, sure, and, you know, confident what he was doing. Yeah. Um, so that was a, that was a hopeful sign. Yeah. That, yeah, no, there, there's there's guys out there. I mean, like um, James Thomas, and uh, he's got Blue Jacket Sign Company in L.A. Okay. He's a younger kid. You know, he went to the... the trade tech LA school the Doc Guthrie thing right um, he has mm -hmm. a, a graphic design background and everything um, yeah I but, tried to go to work for Doc Guthrie oh did you yeah he sent me to Disney oh, okay to go try to get a job there but you know he's out there you know hitting the streets getting little jobs and you know yeah. he's been doing that for a couple of years and he's you know he's one doing, he's doing real work now you yeah. know there's there's those guys out there but you know, I, I don't know. It's this whole millennial kind of hipster thing, you know, that's been happening for a few years now where it's just like people are just, oh, well, I've, I've watched a few YouTube videos, so now I'm a sign painter. I've only picked up a brush once, but I'm a sign painter. Like, yeah, I'm not I like, a sign painter yet. 
the, with the advent of uh, computer-generated vinyl in the 90s, early 90s, when it really became affordable to buy a sign-making system. I swear, it was like, you know, people flipped a coin whether or not to have a sign shop or a Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. They just wanted to have some kind of a business with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and... I, I, I've mentioned that before. Yeah. It's like the only qualification was, do you have the money to buy the computer and the cutter? Yeah. You know, okay, then now you're in business because you can sign the lease on your little strip mall thing. Yeah, I, I, I had to. I Like everybody, and... I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's another tool and I utilize it, uh, but I'm still running a, I've got a Roland 1100, whatever that is, Roland PC 1100, and I bought it brand new in, what, 1991, uh-huh. and the sign making system is about 20 uh, versions old. Right. I never upgraded it. Uh-huh. I just needed to tap out some letters. Yeah. I don't need it to be, do a lot of stuff. Right. And it's on a an ancient Macintosh, <laughs> and it has one job, and it keeps doing it. Yeah. And when it dies, I'm done with final making. Yeah. I, you know, I won't. I won't get another one. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll job it. You know. Yeah. Now it's um, I don't know. Those of us that went through the transition from paint to vinyl back to paint, or some stayed with just paint, but I I think you had to be in the right place with the right little, you know, customer base to survive through it. I I couldn't, you know. When my dad died, I just took the job offer that was in front of me and went to work, you know, cutting vinyl, and it was horrible. But, you know, you got to pay the bills, so you did what you got to do but when I had opportunity it's like I'm done with that so there we go the first ever uh, interview on coffee with a sign painter uh, so it's nice meeting John uh, nice guy and uh, it's nice hearing some of his history uh, with the craft um, he definitely brushed shoulders with some of the greats over his years of, of work and um I'm really glad he popped in. That was nice. Um, so now, thanks to uh, our Hooli Records, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, do our segment uh, sharing one of the songs from their archives. Uh, this is the Creole Bells. Uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this. I know it, but it's uh, Le Fond de Coulettes. Um, so this is from the Arhuli uh, record. They all played for us their 50th anniversary compilation, which is available on iTunes. The Creole Bells.
All right, all right. That's what we're talking about now. Coffee with the Sign Painter is brought to you by the Big D Speed Shop in Dallas, Texas. You can find licensed apparel of Sean Starr's original designs at BigDSpeedShop.com. The show is also brought to you by Full City Rooster Coffee Roasters, makers of the Sign Painters Blend. Coffee that Sean drinks in the studio every day. Now shipping worldwide. FullCityRooster.com with a sign painter hosted by Sean Starr. You can find all sorts of info about the show and sign painting, including previous episodes at our website, seanstar.com. 